Welcome to Donnacloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk. Thank you. This is now the uh, third Sunday that I've been speaking to churches across the area deaneries in our diocese, three different area deaneries uh, each week. Uh, This morning, speaking uh, to the Loughview area deanery, the Lagan area deanery, and the Clanbrassel area deanery. An area deanery is simply a group of churches that exist uh, to encourage one another in the mission and ministry of, of Christ Church. I've been preaching on each week on the gospel passage that's set for that Sunday. Uh, and this morning's gospel passage in Matthew's gospel has just three verses. Uh, will that lead to a shorter sermon? Well, you'll have to stay with me to the end in order to find out if it does or doesn't. But let me read again at this point uh, the three verses. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me, Jesus said, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. These are really encouraging verses this morning. Uh, Also, actually, their implications are, are really very challenging. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The twelve had been sent out by Jesus. He had given them authority to go and to go and make disciples. They were to go and find people that they would introduce to Jesus. They were to tell them that God would establish his reign and establish his rule in their lives. We read in verse 7 of chapter 10 earlier, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Freely you have received, freely give. So first in these three little verses, there's a beautiful picture, a wonderful picture of how our life as a follower of Jesus Christ begins. And I want, as I look at this verse, verse 40, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me, ask you a question. The question is this, has that life for you as a follower of Jesus Christ really begun? Our life as believers in Jesus begins whenever someone just like the 12 in this chapter introduces us to the reign and to the rule of Jesus, introduces us to the love of God and introduces us to the God who loves us and gave his life for us. There's the need for us to be humble enough, sufficiently humble to receive God's gift of life. The early 
church, as they obeyed God's command to go and to make disciples, they clearly understood that. Uh, for example, John in his writings got that in John's Gospel, chapter 1, he said, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Similarly, uh, Paul put it like this in Romans 6, he said, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, the gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Peter, likewise, in his incredible sermon on the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 received the message and received Christ as Saviour and were baptised, Peter spoke these words. He said in verses 38 and 39 of Acts 2, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And then, of course, James put it beautifully when he said in verse 17 of James 1, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The early church, as it goes in the name of the Lord Jesus and goes with the Word of God and goes out in the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, they understand that there's something in all of this that they need to hear. The gospel needs to be heard and the gospel needs to be believed and Jesus Christ needs to be received and accepted and trusted as Saviour and Lord of people's lives. And all of these early followers, all of these early disciples, all of these early apostles clearly got that, Peter and Paul and John and James. The good news of Jesus Christ, the story of his death and his resurrection and his ascension uh, had to be heard. People had to hear the gospel proclaimed. They had to hear the message being proclaimed. And in order for it to be heard, it had to be told. People had to tell it out, speak it out. And when it was spoken out and told, it had to be accepted. It had to be believed. And then the one to whom it pointed, he had to be trusted and he had to be received. And so in verse 40, it's so, so clear in the words of Jesus, whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The gift of salvation, the gift, the offer of forgiveness has to be received. We've got to receive the messenger, yes, as we listen. But more than that, we've got to believe the message. And that leads us to receiving Christ himself into our lives. 
as our Saviour and our Lord. And we begin from that time onwards not to live our lives for ourselves, but to live our lives for him in his strength, not in our strength, not living with our resources, but living with the resources and with the strength and with the empowerment and the enablement of his Holy Spirit. We recognize that we need God. We recognize that Jesus died for us, that it was for David McClay's sins, that it was for your sins and my sins that Jesus went to the cross and that he gives us the gift, the free gift of eternal life. We believe that God raised him from the dead. Peter's words to the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost have the same power today as they had back then. Repent, he said, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that you might be forgiven and go on to receive Christ as Saviour. It is as we place our trust in Jesus. It is as we receive Jesus that we receive God himself and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, living in us, remaining in us. When we receive him in this way from our hearts, praying, Lord Jesus Christ, I, I do believe that you died on the cross for me. Lord Jesus Christ, I, I do acknowledge and admit that I've been living my life without you. Lord Jesus, I, I have been and I am a sinful person and Lord, I'm turning away from my sin and I'm believing that you die on the cross to forgive me. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Live in my life and make me a brand new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit as I choose to live for and follow you and trust you and live my life for you from this moment, from this day, from this time onwards. Beginning to follow Jesus is to receive the gift of God, to receive Christ into our lives, to receive the Holy Spirit. That's why this verse says so clearly, whoever receives you, receives me, and whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. Have you received him? Please receive him even today as you engage with this service that's going out from uh, your church and from your church family uh, or maybe that you're listening to uh, by accident but not by accident because it's by God's design. Receive him. Secondly, and my next two points are much briefer, there's a generosity, there's an overflow from our hearts that becomes evident in the verses that follows towards any work of God to help people to receive God and to receive Christ as Saviour. There's an, an overflow of generosity towards any worker whose work it is to proclaim this good news, to proclaim this gospel, to proclaim and to spread this message. Verse 41. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person 
person's reward. Our greatest privilege, our first priority as churches and as individual followers of Jesus, as well as baptized followers of Jesus Christ, is the proclamation of the gospel. That's our first priority, is to proclaim Christ, to make Christ known, to make sure that Jesus' name is made known. That's the priority of the church. That's why it's important and it's really crucial that we are those who prioritize that in our church's life and prioritize that in our own managing of our own finances, setting aside the one-tenth, setting aside the tithe for God's work each week or, or each month over and give, perhaps giving over and above our tithe, not reluctantly, but cheerfully and generously, simply because we love God and simply because we've got our priorities right, that our first priority is the proclamation of Christ so that people can receive him and can trust in him. Because we ourselves have been overwhelmed by the truth that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that generosity of God has gripped our hearts and made us generous. That we are those who understand that he gives the Holy Spirit without measure. And out of that life of being filled and going on, being filled by the Holy Spirit, we simply long to see others come to Christ. And so we prioritize the things that are priority for the life of the Christian and for the life of a local church. So I think I just want to say to all of us today and to those of us who are still employed, whose pensions haven't been reduced, whose businesses are surviving, perhaps maybe even in some cases thriving, to bear in mind that it's not like that for some others and that we need to be those who are ensuring that we are generous in a biblical way in ways that are reflective of the generosity of the Christ of Calvary and the God who gives his Holy Spirit without measure. And that God takes note as well as we dig into the scriptures. He takes note of such generosity. There is, for example, the generosity of Lydia that is given mention in the scriptures. Uh, compared to, for example, the name Diotrephes, who we're told likes himself first. That's not an epitaph that any of us would want on our tombstone, that we liked ourselves first or put ourselves first. Verse 9 of 3 John 1, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So the Holy Spirit notices and uh, God himself delights in a church that gets its priorities clear and gets its priorities clearly right and gets its priorities put in line with the word of God and in line with the person of Jesus Christ 
of of whom we on whom we seek to build our lives and who we seek to follow and whose name we preach and make famous so the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward and then finally we're to be practical in how we live out our calling as churches particularly now as we emerge out of uh, this pandemic or God willing emerge out of this pandemic fairly soon uh, how we live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ how we do church has got lots of practical implications listen to verse 42 and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple truly I say he will by no means lose his reward there are, it would seem, eternal consequences for meanness and on the other hand there are eternal rewards for those whose lifestyle is generous. We are, of course, clearly not saved by our works. We are saved by God's grace and it was the finished work of Christ on the cross that makes it possible for any of us to be forgiven and to begin to be disciples, to continue to be disciples, and to continue to follow Jesus Christ all of our lives. But nevertheless, in the life of the Christian, in the life of those who follow Jesus, uh, these things do not seem to go unnoticed. Practical Christianity does not seem to go unnoticed by Christ himself. On the resurrection morning, the scriptures seem to tell us that the dead in Christ will rise and to some he will say, verse 35 of Matthew 25, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. Michael Green put it so clearly and very beautifully when he said this some years ago. He said, the more we learn to discern Christ challenging us through the poor, the more prepared shall we be to face him on the day of judgment. For on that day all will be disclosed. There will be many surprises. Many who are famous in Christian circles will be on the very edge of the crowd in the kingdom. Many who have never been heard of outside of their own neighborhood will be very near to the throne. Why? Because they showed their love for Christ. They showed their readiness to meet him. Their watchfulness to serve him on every occasion. Their reliability. And they gave themselves in generous service without a thought of reward. Simply because of the need of the people they met. And the love of God flowing in their hearts. What a privilege will be ours in our churches to now demonstrate in practical ways the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a privilege will be ours to demonstrate his grace. What a privilege will be ours to make sure that that grace 
is made publicly known in our public spaces in the days that lie ahead. What a privilege and a responsibility is entrusted to the church as we emerge from COVID-19 to demonstrate the love of God in Christ Jesus, to proclaim the love of God in Christ Jesus, and to ensure that the love of God is resourced and is proclaimed and is made known, and that Christ is made known near and afar from our churches in the days and weeks and months and if Christ does not return years that stretch before us. I want to pray over us as I conclude this morning the words of probably the second best well-known prayer in Christendom. But I want to pray it in a fresh way and in a new way, asking that the grace of God would come and fill each of our lives afresh, my own included. That the Calvary love of God would take a grip of the very will and the very heart and heartbeat of every church that's listening and every Christian that's paying attention and listening to this word. And that the Holy Spirit himself would so surround us and so fill us and so come near to us that we would be sent out into the world to make Christ known in word and in deed. So please receive his grace. Be captivated by his love and live in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, the Calvary love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and with your church family this day and always. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Cloney Parish. God bless you.